Dear God, thank you for your son. Thank you for uh, the writings of Ephesians. Thank you for our relationships. We ask you to bless our talk this morning uh, as we go forward. In your name we pray. Amen. So for those of you who do not know who I am, I'm David Ivey. I'm the student pastor here at Polaris. Um, and I'm hoping you are all enjoying your summers. I walked into Target this week and I saw the signs that every child dreads. Back to school. And the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Uh, mostly of the kids, maybe one or two parents or teachers. But the good news is summer's not done. We still have a couple more weeks left. And in our student ministry, we have a lot going on in the next week and two, week or two. So this Wednesday, I'm taking 31 students to Cedar Point. Yeah. Pray. Uh, pray. For, at this point, like 60% chance of rain. If we can drop that down to 30, 20, prayers would be great. Um, and then this time next week, I'll be leaving uh, with a group uh, to our middle school camp. We are taking 35 people to middle school camp, um, and we are just really excited about that. But middle school camp's the camp that I come home a little twitchy, so I would greatly appreciate your prayers for myself and our adults. Uh, there's going to be like 120 middle schoolers there. Uh, a lot of fun, but a lot of exhaustion <laughs> at the same time. So, so keep us in prayers, and, and, and we are excited for all the things we have going on uh, in our student ministry. And, and I'm sure all of you have exciting things that happen between now and the, and the end of the, the unofficial end of summer. Because doesn't, summer doesn't end like October, right? There we go. But we all like cry at like August 20th. <laughs> so we've been going through uh, this series called Alive uh, for the past three weeks. And Alex started us off talking about no matter what you've done in your personal life, uh, that God's salvation, his forgiveness covers it all. And last week, I talked about if you want to become fully alive uh, when it comes to your, your faith, you need to figure out what your purpose, mission, or calling is uh, and act that out. And this morning, we're going to continue to look at the book of Ephesians, in particular, of Ephesians chapter 2. And we're going to look at relationships. Now, one of the cool things that I get to do as a pastor, I get to be involved with weddings. And weddings are very interesting because it's like a, a relationship dynamic in every direction. Because you have the, the family members that you don't necessarily like talk to, but they have to be there. Uh, then you have... The, the friends of your, your kids who you really couldn't stand when they were teenagers and not so much even more as an adult. And they're all like crammed into this little space for like five hours. And they got to get along. And it's fun to kind of sit back and watch. Every wedding's a little different. And there's always fun dynamics when it comes to, to relationships within uh, any kind of event. But it's kind of cool to sit back and watch that happen. And as, as we grow as followers of Jesus... One of the more important things for us to wrestle with, and in fact, the, the thing that we're going to spend our time with this morning, is relationships. Because if we are going to become fully alive as followers of Jesus, we have to find peace in all of our relationships. And I believe that's what the main part of our talk is going to be this morning when it comes to Ephesians chapter 2. But when we look at relationships today in our culture, we're a bit of a mess. There's a lot of conflict that uh, is going around. 
If you turn on the news or social media, you see relational conflict all the time. Arguments with others. Celebrities arguing about whatever celebrities argue about. Athletes taking their talents to L.A. Politics. Politicians. People who hate politicians. It's all there. It's probably safe to say that this weekend you've probably witnessed or maybe been a part of some kind of relational conflict. And when we see all this hate and, struggle, and suffering and struggling, we have to stop and ask, how, how do we get here? How did this begin? Well, all this hatred and pain and broken relationships, uh, uh, death and anger, and it's just staggering. And what's happened that 2018 has become just a, a time of conflict? Whether it's on social media, on your kids' baseball team, in the community, even in your own family, it's just, it's just so staggering. And what happens now is, is, is we're, we have these forums that allow other people to engage in our own personal conflict. Everyone's got a platform for their opinion, whether you're directly involved with it or not. So how do we, how do we get here as a society? And the easy answer, the easy blame is social media. Like, that's the easy thing to blame. Well, it's social media's fault. But I believe, it's, it's, I believe social media has magnified it, but it's not the sole cause. And we're going to walk through what I believe is, is, the, is the beginning of the cause of the social conflict, and hopefully as we get to the end, as we, we really tear this apart, we start looking at how we can end it how we can make our, our relational conflict find peace. Before we get to Ephesians chapter 2 this morning, I want to read you a story that comes from Acts chapter 21, and it starts here in, in verse 26. The next day, Paul took the men and purified himself along with them. Then he went to the temple to give notice of the date when the days of purification would end and the offering would be made for each of them. So, so Paul is taking this group of men and he's going to temple. And this group of men are what are commonly known as Gentiles. If you don't know what a Gentile is, it's essentially anyone who is not of Jewish faith or Hebrew descent. And so Paul is traveling with this group of Gentiles to the temple to go to church. Time to pray. But to understand what we're going to talk about next, you have to understand the temple. So way back in Paul's time, there's a, the temple was gorgeous. As you were traveling to Jerusalem, you could see it off in the distance. It's, it's like you know, seeing a major city's outline. I, I, the cool thing, my son had zoo camp a couple weeks ago, and, and around that area there's a, there's a bend that you would cross, and you would just kind of see the outline of the city. It's, it, it is just, it's kind of breathtaking. But just like the outline of any city, as beautiful as the temple looked from the distance, the closer you got, the uglier it got. And let me explain. So this beautiful temple, the place where God dwelled, where you would have access to him, had these barriers. So if you were a Gentile or someone who wasn't a Jew, you could have gone into the main area, this main court. And I talked about this last week, by the way, I'm not an artist. So I apologize. This is a very rough draft. Um, 
In fact, this looks nothing like the actual temple. But I tried my best. So this is the area you would go to if you were in a, a, a Jew. And there was a nice wall. Archaeologists found not too long ago a, a tablet. And on the tablet, in Hebrew and Greek, it says, listen, if you cross this barrier, we are not responsible what's going to happen to you because you are not allowed to do it. And that was the message to anyone who wasn't Hebrew. This beautiful temple, you're not allowed to cross the threshold. But if you were a Jew, you could walk in. But if you were a woman, you were only allowed to go so far. Then you had to face a wall that you would never be able to cross. Men could cross it until they got to the other wall, which was for the priests. And if you weren't a priest, you weren't allowed to cross that barrier. And then the holies of holies, the place where God dwelled, the place where you get access to the most powerful being in the world was walled off. And only a very slim amount of people could ever walk into that building. And this is the temple. This is the building where God dwelled. And everywhere you work, looked, was walls. Imagine seeing the beauty of the temple and the promises that it has and being met with a wall. Our story continues in verse 27. When the seven days were nearly over, some Jews from the province of Asia saw Paul at the temple. They stirred up a whole crowd and they seized him, shouting, Fellow Israelites, help us. This is the man who teaches everyone everywhere against our people and our laws and this place. And besides, he has brought a Greek into the temple and has defiled this holy place. And the whole city was aroused. And the people came running from every direction and seized Paul and dragged him out of the temple and they immediately closed the gates. It's like going to Wally World and saying the moose says, sorry folks. It's like buying tickets to your favorite concert and getting there realizing you got counterfeit tickets and you weren't allowed to sit there. And that's a big deal. And it and makes it even worse is the, the people who, who charged Paul with defiling the temple were the ones actually defiling the temple because they lied. Because that Greek never got past this wall. And because of that moment, they made the temple, the place we have access to God unclean, and they slammed the door shut. The place where God dwells, surrounded by shut doors. The temple was not a beacon of hope and forgiveness. It was a symbol that God was only for a select few. Sad. Because this is where it begins. This idea that God is only walled off, that God's peace is only walled off for just a select few is where this, this relational turmoil begins. 
And if you were a Jewish person or a non-Jewish person of, of Paul's time, that's what you meant. But these walls aren't just physical walls that we face. We face walls all the time. If you have a school-aged kid or you are in school, you're faced with all kinds of walls. You're not allowed to sit here because you're not a part of a certain group. You don't have a certain amount of money. You don't wear the, the kind of clothes you're supposed to wear. You're not with special groups. So you can't be in here. At work, you can't speak up in a meeting because you don't have enough tenure. You can't speak your mind because you're not a part of the group that the manager likes. In your neighborhood, you can't come to our barbecue because you don't have the family that we think should be a part of here. So you're not allowed, you're not allowed here. You're not invited. Oh, we won't talk to you either. It's going to walk over the other side of the street. And some of us have church pasts that all they've seen is walls because of what they've worn, how they acted, the words they spoke, their broken marriage, their broken relationships, and their, their circumstances. And that is what their walls look like. And none of you in here know exactly what I'm talking about. You know what it means to be excluded for some, from something. You know what it means to be pushed to the margins. You know what it means that you, about not measuring up. The barricades, the shut doors, the walls are always around you. But that's not how God ever intended this world to be. And Paul, heartbroken for his friends, the Gentiles, and really heartbroken for his, his friends, the Jews, sees this beautiful wall, walled-off palace, and knows it's something more and should be something more. And that brings us to Ephesians 2 this morning. Here's what Paul has to say. Verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made two groups one and destroyed the barrier, dividing wall of hostility by setting aside his flesh, the law, with the commands and the regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of two, thus making peace in one body to, to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. Paul's saying if you want to face and end relational conflict and come alive in your relationships, you need God's peace in your life. See, Paul witnessed this, this horrible walled-off community and realized that when Jesus came to this earth, he came here to break it all down. And that's where he starts. Because he's saying, listen, the cross, the cross isn't a barrier. It's a barrier killer. The cross is a bridge. The cross is a new way to live. And what Paul teaches us this morning is this powerful thing, that the cross is for Everybody no matter where you're coming from or where you've been. Some of you have relationships 
people in your life you cannot stand. They open their mouths and you wish they would close them. Paul says, take them to the cross. You have people in this world you hate because of the things they've done to you. Paul says, take them to the cross. You have people in this world that irritate you so much that you want to block them from every part of your life. Paul says, take them to the cross. Because here's the amazing thing. What happened when the cross and with the cross, in this moment where Jesus gives it all up, this awesome thing happened that comes from Matthew 27, verse 50. When Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit and he died. And in that moment, the curtain in the temple was torn in two from top to bottom and the earth shook and the rocks split. And so what happens with this amazing cross, this amazing moment of Jesus' death, he says, no longer will be walls. I'm breaking the walls down. The holy of holies, the access to God, it's not just for everyone in here. It is for every person ever. And the walls were gone. We have access to the most holy of places. We have access to the forgiveness of Jesus. And that's awesome. That gets me excited. If you are a follower of Jesus, that should get you excited. Because we have an awesome opportunity. We can become the cross and drop the barriers for others in our lives. And that's where we can start ending this relational conflict. It's through Jesus. That's where our peace comes from. But the thing is, we live in an era, in a world today, that wants to segregate and isolate. The enemy likes us like that because if we're segregated and isolated from each other, we can't come together and make a big difference. But Jesus' peace, the cross is for everyone. It promotes oneness. And in every relationship, when he is the center of it, there is peace. So what do you do today? For some of us, it's, it's finding that peace with Jesus. Some of us need to understand that, that the walled-off community is not what God is about, that he is truly the one you can access in this moment right now. And for some of us, we have to wrestle with that, and we have to understand that Jesus loves us. For others, we have to become the peacemakers. No matter where we go. For some of us, that means... We have to be very careful in what we're posting on social media. To be peacemakers. Maybe we shouldn't fire that, that, that tweet off that, that's pretty nasty about the president. To be peacemakers. Maybe you shouldn't fire that tweet off about the person who just tweeted about the president. To be peacemakers. Maybe we... Don't get angry and say mean things about the person at work who's constantly trying to undermine you to get the promotion that you want. To be peacemakers. 
Maybe we have to be cool with your brother-in-law that comes over with their kids and stouts all the awesome things that they do that are better than your children. To be peacemakers. Maybe we have to be okay when the coach you know, starts his son over yours. If we are going to follow Jesus, if he's going to be the source of our peace, then we need to be the peacemakers because of it. Because that's Jesus' vision for your life. No walls, no barriers. But Paul tells us something more. Verse 18. For through him, both have access to the Father by one spirit. If we're going to end relational conflict, if we're going to come alive in our relationships, we need to make peace in the relationships that have been broken so they can have access to God. Because Jesus came here to break these walls down. And the, the amazing thing is if you call yourself a follower of Jesus, if you are a Christian, you have a very special job. In fact, here's how Paul puts it in 1 Corinthians 6. He says, Do you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you receive from God? You are not your own. You are bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Now, when I was a teenager and a young adult, I assumed means I need to work out because I struggled there, and sometimes I still do. And my thought about this verse was it's all about physical fitness. I don't think I'm completely right there. Because what, God, what Paul's saying is that you are a temple. That you, if you are a follower of God, are a temple of the Holy Spirit. So wherever you go, you bring God with you. And you have a choice to make. Are you going to be walled off? Or are you going to be open? There are people in your life they're in desperate need of God's peace. There's relationships that have been in your life that have been broken. They're in desperate need of the peace of Jesus. And to fully come alive in our relationships, we must allow peace to enter them. Even when they've gone wrong, even if they weren't right in the first place. It is up to us to pursue that peace. Now, I want to stop here just for a second to give you a little disclaimer. I know some of us in this room have faced physical, emotional, and sexual abuse. And I'm not saying that you need to jump back into a toxic relationship or open the door to have a conversation with, with someone that's going to, to actively destroy you. Some relationships are so unhealthy and so toxic that we do not need to be a part of. What our job is, if you've been involved in some of those relationships, is at some point you need to find forgiveness in your heart for them, and that will bring the healing that's needed. And if that's you, I completely get where you're at. Some relationships are just not to be reentered. And, and feel free to understand that's okay. Your job is to find healing in your heart for them. For others, we have relationships that need to be mended. We have relationships in our work, in our home, in our schools that desperately just needs to be walled down. Mother Teresa tells us this. She says, if you have no peace, it's because you've forgotten that we belong to each other. 
And when we realize that we belong to each other, we listen better. We see others in the same filter as God. We are able to, to find peace in areas that were so shaky at some point. And that's so powerful. Our last thought tonight is this. That if we're going to end our relational conflict and we're going to, to live our, our relationships and make them come alive, that we have to teach peace. Ephesians 2.19 says this, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners or strangers, but you, you are fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. So what this means for you is that everybody in your life right now, regardless of the strength or weakness of that relationship, is just one prayer away from being a part of this thing called Christianity. There's one prayer away of being part of this new family called, called Christianity, and that's really cool. And at Polaris, uh, the prayer that we talk about is, is, is something we call the confession of faith. That if you've ever had that, you know, a lot of you who in this room have, I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and I've accepted him as my Lord and Savior. And in those moments, and that prayer is awesome and powerful. But understand that everybody in your world, in your life, is one prayer away the most addicted person you've ever seen is one prayer away. The most profane person you've ever met, one prayer away. The greatest control freak, the, the most dangerous criminal, the meanest boss, the most narcissistic person, one prayer away. The most evil, broken, anger-filled, depressed, messed up person in your life is one prayer away from having the access to God and the freedom that comes with him. Your life can either be the picture of the cross, welcoming everybody to the grace, mercy, healing, forgiveness, the full access of God, or it can be a bricked-off temple, radically excluding people, only giving access to the select few. Which one are you? On February 21st of this year, this world lost one of the greatest evangelists ever the Reverend Billy Graham. At 99 years old, I'm sure there's people in this room that in some way had been impacted by his ministry. In fact, that was kind of odd. I, I remember when he passed, it, I, it hit me hard. I don't even know why, except for the fact that I know this world desperately need more, needs more Billy Grahams. But watching his funeral stuff, because it was all over the, uh, every network you can possibly think of, I noticed something very special. The diversity of the crowd that went to say goodbye to this guy. And I'm not, I'm not just talking about race. I'm talking about Republican, Democrat, conservative, liberal, men, women, rich, poor, leaders of nations, small business owners, married, divorced, young, old, uh, Ivy League educated, high school dropout. The list could go on and on and they were there to say goodbye to a man who just preached peace in everything he did. Who was a man that the cross represented something with no walls. Very special. In fact, if you, if you look at the list of people that were there that day, and you would put them in almost any other situation, either they would not have any conversation at all, or their conversation would probably be kind of tense. And amazing that this man 
brought them all into one area in peace. And I hope and pray that my life can be a, a fraction of that. How open are you with people who are nothing like you? How welcoming is your table? How, how unwelcome is your table? Does your life represent the freedom of the cross or does it represent a walled-off temple? Because Jesus came to preach peace. And he boldly said it wherever he went. And he said, listen, this planet is safe because of me. And this planet, every person in this room is one prayer away. Every person in your school is one prayer away. Every person you know, one prayer away. So are you a barrier or are you a carrier of the cross? Because here's the exciting truth. The people you have access to you may be the closest thing they will ever get to opening a Bible. The people that you have access to, you may be the closest thing they will ever get to walking into a door of a church, and that is an exciting challenge, an exciting mission that God has given you. But the question is, are you a carrier or a barrier? Are you going to allow access to everyone you come across to the full amazing grace of God or are you going to lift your law up because you don't get along with them? So how do we do this? How do we become a carrier and not a barrier? I'm going to wrap up with these thoughts. The first is we need to find Jesus as our peace. That Jesus needs to be the defining point of our relationships if they're going to go from being broken to being whole, we have to make sure Jesus is in the center of them. Even the people in your life where you may have given up on. Because maybe you've prayed for them. Maybe you're like, you know, I've been, I really want them to come to church. I want them to know God. I want them to know his healing. But maybe you've given up. Maybe you've stopped for whatever reason. Today is the day to start back up. Today is the day to not give up. Today is the day to start inviting them back to church because you know what happens when Jesus' cross is real. He breaks the walls down and gives you access to the holies of holies that require something of us. Surrender. We don't like that word because we don't like to surrender. We want people to surrender to us. But the truth is we are a follower of Jesus. We have to start surrendering things. We have to surrender those relationships. We have to surrender ourselves to him. Number two, that we need to make sure we're, come, we're here to make peace. In relationships that we are close to or far from, that we have to make sure we surrender ourselves so that we can bring the temple without walls to others. This morning, maybe we're uncomfortable with that, the idea of, of talking to someone we may disagree with, but what if you're the only person that will ever be a Christian in their life? What if you are the one who's going to give them the access to the freedom and healing of God? Number three, we need to preach peace wherever we go. And that's hard. We have a lot of things going on in our hearts and and. And when we see certain things, we get angry. We, we read certain things. We want to have an emotional response. And, and trust me, I'm guilty of it as anyone else. 
For the truth is that everything we say, everything we type, everything we post needs to be through a filter of peace because we could be the thing that helps that person say the one prayer, the one prayer to have access to the cross that will change their lives. The band's going to come up and play one last song. And I want to wrap up with this idea. The common factor in all this is Jesus. He's the cornerstone of it all. Without Jesus, we have no peace. Without Jesus, there's no way we can become peacemakers. Without Jesus, there's no way we can preach peace. He is truly the center and the cornerstone of who we are. And this morning, I, I want to invite you to, to welcome into your heart, to welcome in the, the peace that he so desperately wants to give us because he understand that the cross is not made of barriers. The cross is made for freedom and the full access of God. Let's pray. Dear God, I lift up our relationships to you. The relationships that we personally have that are strong, the relationships that are broken and weak. I lift up the relationships of of social media where we barely have any true contact except through our words but I ask you God right now to give us peace and relational peace in every part let you be our center let you be the one that brings peace to every part of our hearts and every relationship that we have and I pray this in your name Amen